Hello, I'm Coach Pav, and you're listening to Pavcast, and today's episode is how plants can unlock cycling performance gains. Firstly, no, I'm not vegan and I have no objections to those who eat meat. Having said that, plant power is real and it could be the secret to unlocking serious performance gains. Discussed in this episode, what is micronutrition, including the role micronutrition plays in athletic performance? Why five a day isn't enough, including why our fruit and vegetables are no longer nutrient dense, the science showing loss of nutrients in our fruit and vegetables, and how to ensure you get enough nutrients from plants, why superfoods are bull, including where the term superfoods came from and the problem with superfoods, and finally, does fresh mean healthy? What is micronutrition? Micronutrition is the tiny minerals and vitamins that are, typically, found in plants. You will find them in meat too, but they tend to only be densely present in organ meat, liver and so on. Given the accessibility of fruit and vegetables, to most, having plants as the focal point of your nutrition is a smart move. If you consider that your body is like a car, the petrol or gas that you put in your car is the fuel, much like your body taking fuel from fats and carbs, and sometimes protein. Your car also needs something crucial to run efficiently and not break down. This is oil. Micronutrients are the oil that you put in your body. You can put the best quality fuel in your body, but without enough oil, your body will struggle, especially with recovery and staying healthy. The role micronutrition plays in athletic performance. Published in the May 1999 issue of Nutrition Science News, Alan Christiansen said, Athletes who participate in endurance sports, those that involve more than one hour of consistent activity, have specific needs to consume more fruits and vegetables because of what they demand from their bodies. Simply put, you need a large variety of micronutrients to ensure you recover from training and therefore perform well. Why five a day isn't enough? Something I'm passionate about is where we get our food from. Interestingly, some of the hardest places to get food are actually in urban areas. Of the 690 million people worldwide, 8.9% of the human population in 2018-19, who action against hunger estimate go hungry every day, an unbelievable 23.5 million of those are US residents that live in food deserts. That's 7.6% of the US population in 2010 that live more than a mile from a store that sells fresh produce in urban or suburban areas and more than 10 miles from fresh produce in rural areas, according to the United States Department of Agriculture. Something even more concerning is that, even if you have access to fresh produce, they might not actually be as good for you as they used to be. Why are fruit and vegetables are no longer nutrient-dense? The number one cause of lower densities in today's fruit and vegetables? Crop rotation, or more specifically, lack of crop rotation. Crop rotation is the practice of planting different crops sequentially on the same plot of land to improve soil health, optimise nutrients in the soil, and combat pest and weed pressure. For example, say a farmer has planted a field of corn. When the corn harvest is finished, he might plant beans, since corn consumes a lot of nitrogen, and beans return nitrogen to the soil. A simpler rotation might involve two or three crops. A complex rotation might incorporate a dozen or more. That's from the Rodell Institute. Due to the high demand of certain produce, high selling price and subsidies to grow them, certain crops are just repeatedly planted year after year. 
The challenge with this is that the soil becomes depleted of certain nutrients and pests start to thrive. To combat this, farmers have to use greater quantities of chemical fertilisers and pesticides. Despite that, some studies suggest that we have seen an alarming decline in the nutrient density of our crops over the past half century. The science showing loss of nutrients in our fruit and vegetables. One of the first studies to bring this problem to the public view was published in 2004 by Donald Davis. Changes in the USDA food composition data for 43 garden crops 1950 to 1999. The scientific paper shows the decline of nutrient density of 43 garden crops grown between 1950 and 1999. The results of the study showed that protein, calcium, phosphorus, iron, riboflavin, vitamin B2 and absorbic acid, vitamin C, declined anywhere between 6% for protein and 38% for riboflavin. Similarly, a British Food Journal study on crop nutrient density between 1930 and 1980 found that in 20 different crops the average potassium content had dropped 14% calcium content 19% and iron content 22%. In fact, significant reductions in magnesium, iron, copper and potassium in fruit and calcium, magnesium, copper and sodium in vegetables were shown in this study. Want more evidence? A further study by Cushy Institute uncovered the same worrying trend. When analysing nutrients in food between 1975 and 1997, it was found that vitamin A levels had decreased 21%, calcium levels 27%, vitamin C levels 30% and iron levels 37%. Lastly, a report from the Toronto Globe and Mail in 2002 analysed food tables between the years 1951 and 1999. It showed decreases of nutrients in food and vegetables bought in Canadian stores, with the most alarming showing that potatoes had lost 100% of their vitamin A and 50% of their vitamin C. The report even concluded that, today, an individual would have to eat 8 oranges to get the same amount of vitamin A that someone 50 years ago would get from just one orange. How to ensure you get enough nutrients from plants? Unfortunately, we tend to significantly underestimate the amount of plants we will need to eat, and there is a significant, albeit hard to scientifically prove, link between crop rotation and athletic performance. First of all, forget 5 a day and just start eating a huge amount of plants. Five-a-day was introduced over two decades ago, when five would have possibly been enough, maybe not for athletes, as you can see from the studies I referred to above. You need to eat big. My advice to the athletes that I coach is to aim for five a meal. That's five portions of fruit or vegetables per meal. Given that a portion is the size of your fist, it might sound like a lot, but it's not actually that bad. Try to mix up what you eat, and aim to eat the rainbow. That's multiple colours that will ensure you get a good variety of micronutrients and give your body the largest amount of vitamins, minerals and phytochemicals. Personally, I don't recommend chemical or man-made supplements. Very little evidence exists to show that, once you ingest them, they are actually present in your bloodstream, termed bioavailable. If you choose a supplement, try to find actual plant powders and check how it is produced. If you're worried about this, a simple way to put a lot of fruit and vegetables into your system is to make a smoothie from frozen plants and veggies too. Frozen produce has a longer shelf life and costs less too, especially if you buy in large amounts. Still worried about how to get five a meal? Here's a ridiculously simple meal plan to ensure you eat enough plants. Breakfast. Smoothie with banana, kale, strawberries, one portion of each, plus oats topped with blueberries and raspberries. That's five. Lunch. A large salad plus whatever you want to add to it. That's another five. And dinner. Whatever you want plus lots of veggies. Another five. It's easy. Bonus points if you eat more because you train a lot or snack on plants too. Why superfoods are bull? Where the term superfood came from? Marketing. It's just marketing. Of course, 
Scientific papers often refer to certain plants as superfoods, and this certainly doesn't help the situation, but it's still right out of the marketeer's playbook. Don't worry, I'm not disputing the awesome power of plants, what I'm concerned with is what this marketing tends to make us do. The problem with superfoods. If someone eats more plants because they believe it will give them superpowers, great. The trouble is that it's often something else that happens. Rather than us eating more plants, we actually eat the same overall quantity, we just eat more of the same plant. When you consider that you need to eat a variety of plants to get a broad spectrum of micronutrients, you can see the problem that superfoods cause. Now I'm definitely not against anything that gets people to eat more fruits and vegetables. What I'm against is getting people to eat one specific type, often neglecting others. That's the reality. We only eat a certain amount of fruit and vegetables per day, fill up on superfoods and we miss out on others. The key lesson here is to enjoy eating a wide variety of different plants. Just remember to ensure they are from the right place. Does fresh mean healthy? Sadly not. Not all products that are sold as fresh are actually fresh, and even when they are, it might not be as good for you as you think. Creative and colourful advertising from retailers has given us the false impression that what they are selling is actually healthy. The challenge retailers have is ensuring that the products they sell actually get sold. In order to do that, the produce tends to need picking far too early to be formed and nutrient dense, loaded with chemicals or stored in specific ways to ensure it lasts long enough and looks good enough to be purchased. In order to help you get the best quality plants in your system, here are my recommendations for the best ways to get your fruits and vegetables. Number one, grow your own. Number two, buy local. Number three, buy seasonal. Number four, buy organic. And number five, buy conventional. Growing your own plants is easily the best way to ensure you are getting the highest quality, since you are controlling every aspect of the process. You can cut out any time and delivery between harvesting and your plate, so you can pick them at the peak of ripeness, when the plant is most nutrient dense. You can eliminate any chemicals, and you can have a lot of fun doing it. If you don't have a yard, or enough space, consider hydroponics as a solution to get started. Buying local, specifically at farmers markets, is the next best to grow in your own plants. Here you'll have reduced the time taken between harvesting and eating by cutting out the middleman. You're also supporting local farmers, but don't worry if it's not organic. Personally, I believe that you are far better off eating local than organic. However, this is pure speculation on my part. Buying seasonal would be the next best, depending on where you live. Seasonal produce would at least, hopefully, have been grown locally. Maybe not as local as your farmer's market, but ideally in the store's locality. Consider how far plants have to travel when they're grown overseas, then consider how the heck they maintain that good look when most produce goes bad in your fridge within a week. Finally, before conventional plants from a store, I do recommend buying organic, but not by a lot. Our body is incredible at removing toxins, but by not putting additional pesticides and chemicals in it, it is a nice helping hand. Having said that, in the search for the most nutrient-dense plants, organic simply doesn't solve this if it's picked too early and travelled too far. To summarise what I've said today, if this seems a little overwhelming or like a lot of work, just stop. It's really not, it's just information. The bottom line is that the more plants you eat, the better your cycling performance will be. And that concludes this podcast episode on how plants can unlock cycling performance gains. I hope you've really enjoyed this, and if you have, please be sure to share it with your friends. If you're on my website, you'll be able to find links to further resources in the blog below. If you're on my podcast, feel free to check out coachpav.com for more information. Thanks again. My name is Coach Pav. You've been listening to Pavcast. Have an awesome day. Thank you.